What you? What are you saying? Oh, you trekkies and TV addicts. Don't mean to this, don't mean to bring static. Oh, you cling on to your grandma's house. Grab your back street friend to get loud. Blowing doors off hinges. Grab you with the pinches. And no, I didn't retire. I snatch it off with the needle nose pliers. Welcome to a special episode of Draw, Lose or Draw, where we're going to take a look back on Thomas Cherney's Partick Thistle career. The 35-year-old goalkeeper announced his retirement from the game this week after a season-ending injury, and so we're going to look back on some of our fondest memories of the Czech goalkeeper. Joining me are Mark Wallace and David Forrest to do this. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Hello. Um, Hello. Very happy to be here. Like, I think everyone loves Thomas, and it was really sad to see it. But, um, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to uh, discussing some memories. Do I just kick off then? I think we're going to run through our top five moments in a minute. But do I just kick off with your, your memories of Journey in general? I think, for me, he's one of those keepers. You see the, you see a lot of them in Scottish football that are very, very good for sort of smaller teams such as ourselves. And you often wonder, like, what could have been like he, he he could have actually gone on to be this it sounds weird saying that like, about a 35 year old guy but like I always felt like he could have gone on to be a very good goalkeeper for a much better side than us because the level of like mind games that he had and as well as his exceptional talent I felt he could have been of real use to a bigger side a more successful side baffles me that we got him from Hibs on a free in the first place. David? Yeah, I mean, I, I had a wee look um, before this about sort of looking at other Czech players in the in the Premier League, uh, certainly since like the SPL reconstruction uh, um, back in 1999 or whatever. And outside of Hearts had a spate where they brought in four, three or four at the same time. And outside of maybe Rudy Scatchel, I can't think I can't think of a better Czech player that's played in the Scottish Premiership, as in the actual Premiership uh, from the like, SPL onwards. Because I was looking at it and like I absolutely love him. It's it's just the best keeper I've ever seen at for how I think it was just a case of the sort of the the game management that he would show and um, the passion. Like you never saw him half arse it. He would you know he would always give like one hundred percent. Sometimes it was to his detriment. Sometimes. You know, he'd make errors. Or I remember once, as I say, when he broke his ribs making the save, and it was an incredible save. <laughs> it put him out for several weeks and stuff like that. But he was not afraid to do anything like that. And I absolutely love him. I, like every time I hear a keeper kicking their boots against the the post to get off the grass, I think of him because it's just so synonymous. It's a synonymous sound with him. And yeah, I, I yeah, absolutely love him. And the fact that he was a cult icon at two clubs. We, and they're just the outpouring of 
uh, well wishes and stuff that he got from his retirement from even from Aberdeen fans. I only I know he only played like what three four games or something for them, but he clearly just shows how nice a guy he is and just a lovely lovely guy that you know that he was just so well loved by everyone and I never I didn't see anybody kind of half arsed or sort of well wishes from everyone was just I absolutely loved him. He was a great guy. He was just a lovely guy to be around and stuff like that. And yeah, just fantastic. I'm with you on that, David. I think part of why he's so popular. The season after he left, he was in the away end at Falkirk with his, his kid and when Aberdeen had a free week. So he obviously he still cared about the club. As you said, his passions, why the support loved him. And he was one of those goalkeepers where he did make mistakes and he made quite big mistakes. I remember he made a big mistake at Rugby Park in the top six run. But he was the sort of goalkeeper you go, do you know what, that's absolutely fine because he'll bail us out next week. And he did bail us out time and time again for, for the three seasons he was there. And especially, as we're going to talk about later, on the run to the top six, he was capable of some absolutely spectacular saves. I think we've all been going to see Thistle for sort of a similar period of time. And for me, he's the best goalkeeper I've seen at Firhill in Thistle colours. Johnny Tuffy was good. Scott Fox has had his moments. But Cherney, for me, is far and away the best I've seen in Thistle colours. And just to add to that, he was... A shit house and really enjoyable to watch with his, his antics at goal kicks, his time wasting, his sort of sneaky kicks out at players and stuff. He was, you got you got right behind him because we maybe missed that sort of nastiness through the Archibald era, and he was that guy. <laughs> and it was a shame he was in goals and not in centre midfield because he he had that nasty competitive streak. But he was great to watch, a great goalkeeper, and as you've seen from all the tributes over the last day, a great guy too off the field. I was going to say one thing about it is that obviously you mentioned about his game management and he's well, let's put it bluntly uh, shithousery. Like it was quite well that he he I mean the story getting to Scotland is incredible. He's playing for Sigma but it's not getting anywhere, and he just patched it and went to live in Scotland and be a plumber. He played for a, a junior team, uh, didn't speak any English, and he learned the language. Uh, even done an open uni course and stuff like that, and got a degree and stuff like that, and became a cult icon and. He took to the game so well. I mean, the, I remember reading yesterday the fact that I absolutely loved is that he once played for Hamilton Ackies against Dundee United and Craig Levine was so annoyed at his time-wasting that throughout the season that he pulled a stopwatch out and he timed how long it took him to time-waste every time he caught the ball. And at, at the end, they felt the final score was 17 minutes that he'd wasted taking goal kicks in this entire game. 20% of the game was Thomas Turney fucking about and just wasting time and it's just a wonderful art <laughs> you just don't see very often to that degree he was a master of it I remember one of his tricks was he'd get booked for time wasting but then he would waste more time complaining about the book and he just received like yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> they'll write books about him the Cherney manual anyway we'll go on to our, our top five Cherney moments in Thistle Colours and I believe Mark you're going to kick us off with his debut his first game uh, the 15-16 season we're away at Hamilton Ackies and I just my general thought process going into that first game and indeed that season was like we'd stayed up more comfortably than we'd had our first season up so we're three seasons in now against the Hamilton side that we're probably going to be down there again so, and especially when you're away from home you want to get off to a good start and then 25 minutes in Freddie France who hadn't been booked uh, in his entire tenure at Firhill up to that point, he gets booked twice in the first 25 minutes and gets sent off. So we're backs against the wall with 
Jack Hendry and Liam Lindsay as our central defensive partnership, and like them making their very first steps in their careers. You've got Thomas Cherney in behind, and we got absolutely mullered in this game. Like we had, I think, only four shots in the game, and Aki's had like 10, 15, maybe even close to 20 attempts. They just laid siege, and Thomas was just phenomenal. There was one save in particular he makes in this game, and it's in the second half. Aki's are shooting towards the sort of scenes, but he's in. And I still can't get my head around how he manages to get to it. Because it was like one of those that was played back across him, and he just flies across. Like one of those ones you would say, oh, he's doing that for the cameras. Uh, he's doing that for vanity. He doesn't need to do that. And yet he claws this effort away. I think it was Greg Doherty that had the shot. And you're just like, how has he done that? And he instantly sort of thought then, was like, we've absolutely robbed Hibs here. Because like, he, play, he signed for Hibs in the January and then he play a game. And then we, we picked him up and like, instantly thought, okay, this could be a good bit of business and ultimately proven very, very right. I think it's interesting that you talk about how easily we got him from Hibs. Because Hibs were having a lot of goalkeeping issues when they were down in the Championship. I think they went through a, a few goalies and Cherney never really got his chance. And it was it's arguably Alan Archibald's best signing, really, when you think about it. It was really interesting because it was his debut. This is the first time he's back at New Douglas Park after being sort of an Aki's legend. And he'd kind of left under a cloud to them because he'd got injured and his contract was running it and he'd refused to pay for his surgery. And he kind of just went, now we're just going to let you go. And he was kind of very, uh, he was very upset about the fact he didn't get a chance to say goodbye to the New Douglas Park crowd or whatever. And then he comes out in his debut, gets a rousing ovation from both the Aki's fans and then the Fissel fans for... Um, just, you know, <laughs> pulling off some incredible saves. David's now going to talk about our number four on our list, which was a home game in our 2017-18 season against Dundee. This game against Dundee, it was very, very important. It had been nine games into the season. We hadn't won a single game yet, um, and we were bottom in the league, and it was it was looking very grim at, at the time. Musa put Dundee 1-0 up quite early on, and then AJ Leach-Smith nearly made it two. Cherney dived at his feet and took him down to stop the goal. Now, I would argue that if, if, look, watching Cherney, you'd probably be more confident. You'd probably want him to take the man down than try and get the shot because his penalty uh, record for us was incredible. He's probably possibly more likely to save it if he takes the penalty than he is to try and shoot it at him. Um, but yeah, they, they get the penalty and then he saves it. And it was, you know, the only keeper I've ever seen at Fissel where you felt confident that he might actually save a penalty. Because um, I mean, not all keepers save penalties all the time, but you kind of you kind of felt warm and comfortable when when he was there. You knew that you probably would be able to do it. In the second half, Musa had another option when Deacon squared him in. They looked like it was an open goal. Cherney managed to dive across the goal and catch the ball. Just an unreal save. That save would actually go on to be really critical for us in that game because that was a game where Miles Story ran up the pitch injury time, got the winner for us to get our first win of the season at Farhill and it was an incredible moment when he scored but arguably you, you have to say that Cherney played a huge part in that game with the saves that he made and just the general output that he had in that game, he was absolutely fantastic I On your two instances there David I think the first one with the penalty it was either the summer before or that summer where the law had changed about the red card defence for a denial of a goal scoring opportunity. So you'd only get booked now if you made a, a genuine attempt at the ball and the ref booked Cherney thinking he'd made a genuine attempt at the ball. 
but I think most Thistle fans probably thought he's just brought him down there partly because his pride to strike around him and partly because he probably thought he had a good chance of saving the penalty like you said and the one in the second half when you watch it back on the replay Musa maybe doesn't hit the corner with it but he does generate some power on it and to dive across and block it and catch it it's it's an exceptional save and it's not often you see fans get to their feet and there's a couple run down the stairs to applaud Cherney it's not often you see that sort of reaction from fans when it's not a goal they reacted like that for a save and that sort of added to his his sort of iconic stature for how performances like that he would get fans off their seats and that's it's rare for a goalkeeper but that that's the sort of goalkeeper he was and I totally agree he was he was the man of the match that day and the reason we won despite the goals from I think it was Edwards and Story scored the goals but Cherney was the the deciding factor that day I remember because we were not in that game at all like Glenn Kamara was absolutely running the show for Dundee in the middle of the park that day, like showing every bit of the promise that he's now going on to show playing for Rangers. And I just remember when Dundee went 1-0 up and they got the penalty, I literally grabbed my jacket and started walking down the stairs and the jacket I was like, right, that's it. This, what, this is going to be... Because I had the... Remember the Dundee game at Fur Hill in the Snow when Harkins absolutely tore us apart and we lost 4-2, I think. And I just was instantly thinking, right, nah, this is this is going back. Literally get halfway down the stairs and Cherney saves it and I ran back up the stairs and put my jacket back in the back in the seat. <laughs> Pretty glad I did, to be honest. Aye, some man, some man. Uh, I'll start us off with number three and then he's can chip in. But number three is his bullying of a linesman to disallow a goal against Motherwell in a game that we won in our 17-18 season as well. And obviously we we don't condone abusive match officials by any means but it was quite a spectacular a spectacular show from Cherney I think we were 3-0 up at half time and Motherwell came out the second half flying and similar to the Dundee game I think we were on quite a poor run at the time I think it might have been a three or four days after we'd been beaten 5-1 at Rugby Park so even though we were 3-0 up at half time there were still nerves in the stand and there were still nerves in the field and I think this incident was quite early in the second half which would have put Motherwell back in the game. So a cross comes into the box and it's headed down and a Motherwell player slides in at the back post and taps the ball in. And initially, the linesman does not lift his flag. Cherney then points to the Motherwell player. He then almost slaps the Motherwell player on the back to highlight him to the match officials. He starts sprinting to the linesman, flapping his arms everywhere. And then eventually, after what felt like a good few seconds, the linesman puts his flag up. And I think it was Don Robertson refereeing that day ends up giving the free kick for offside and he didn't even I don't even think he got booked for the the descent for that incident. One of Motherwell goals later on, he tried to do the same thing and he might have got told off or booked for that. But certainly the first one and that's the sort of guy he was. He ran very close to the line. We've talked about his time wasting and his shit housery. But that was part of it. Like got he got that goal this loud, there's no doubt. If you maybe see a quarter goalkeeper like I don't know, Scott Fox I'm not, I'm not saying you, you should run and chase referees, but it definitely had an impact and arguably, again, was the deciding factor that day in our 3-2-1 or it would have been 3-3. I would argue if that goal hadn't been uh, done, we'd have probably lost 4-3, in all honesty, because Murrow were absolutely fine and I think that kind of killed them a wee bit, that that goal had, had been disallowed. It is majestic. Um, it is one of the greatest things I've ever seen at Furhill. Like, if you ever, if anyone ever questioned 
Thomas's loyalty to the club. That right there is the clip that you show them. Can, I, I was wondering, can you get booked if you're right in a decision? Like in terms of like if they if they overturn the decision, yeah. that is maybe that's his saving grace. And if they hadn't overturned it, they'd have probably get booked and then sent off later. But I've never seen anything like it before or since, and it's just. It was incredible, and it, I, I, I am absolutely convinced if that he hadn't done that, we'd have lost that game 4-3, because we, every fan and the players had dropped their heads when they got to like 3-2, and we, we managed to hold out, but you just know if that goal had been given and then he scored the other two, no chance we'd have kept it at 3 each, we'd, we'd have probably lost, I think, and yeah, it was it was a real, real vital thing that he did for us, and again, I would argue he was the man of the match that day purely for that. Yeah, because like we were we were flying, we were three 0 up, playing really well, and then Motherwell like we were absolutely overrunning Motherwell in the middle of the park, and Motherwell brought on Gail Bagiramana, the guy that was at Coventry and Newcastle, to just sort of give them a bit, just to give them a sort of foothold in the middle of the park, and we completely felt the bits, like they just pushed back because they had that sort of pivot in the middle of the park to prevent them from getting overrun and we completely fell apart because as Matt mentioned it was like right off of that uh, Kilmarnock defeat at Rugby Park and it really looked like we were going to fall to bits because obviously that goal flies in I just have never seen anything like it in my life I was like he's he's clearly because I thought it was offside and I thought there's no way there's no way they allow it to stand surely and Cherny's over and he's animated as anything and thinking oh my god the referee's actually listening and then they, he pointed the flag and I'm like oh my fucking god I can't believe he's done that and I suppose like it's things like that you talk about the sort of psychology gamesmanship of a goalkeeper and it's why players you would probably say a lot better than than Thomas guys like Alan McGregor, Fraser Forster or Craig Gordon or anybody like that who play for elite teams who can earbend and have a commanding presence that maybe some teams don't have often enough and I think that's what made that particular moment so fondly remembered for myself no, I agree with you, Mark. I I know I said you shouldn't encourage it and you certainly shouldn't teach it, but it is those sort of dark arts that are the difference between good players, good goalkeepers and great goalkeepers. And Al McGregor's a great example. Al McGregor's a great goalkeeper, but he's also a right nasty man when he's on the pitch. And you can see it any time a player comes near him, he's straight up to a referee going, ah, 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 disgrace and all that. And referees, I think, they're aware of that because... The referees, there's only a small amount of teams in Scotland, so it's not like they're refereeing a different team each week. They'll referee the same team five or six times a season. So they'll know the players and they'll know their, their psyche. And I think the referees did know Cherney and it, it helped them and it helped us. We'll move on to number two. I'll open this up to the two of you. Number two is his penalty save from Scott Sinclair in our 1-1 draw at Parkhead in Celtic's Invincible season. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't go to this. <laughs> that's pretty much all I've got it's like I didn't go to this but I sat and watched the live commentary on Twitter and I just remember thinking when they got the penalty I'm thinking this is going to be like the 
the fatal wound and we're gonna fall away back down into like seventh because we just missed the top six the season before. Uh, it came down to like us and Ross County in the last the, the sort of like thirty third match day and we lost one now and I thought oh, this is gonna be the, the, the final sort of nail in it and then he makes that save and we go on and we get a practically unthinkable point and I wasn't there to see it. Gutted. I like I think the thing as well for me about it was it was Cherney had already pulled off an amazing save. He could beat on it absolutely hit a screamer at him just before half time and he managed to save it and bat it away and he was he was clearly riding high. Sinclair had already scored past him as well before this, but it had it had that big energy of um we always joke about the Damon Gregel at Ibrox. Everyone turned around to take a picture of the board and Chris Boyd had already went up and scored to make it one each. That was literally what happened with us when he, as he's made it one each. It was literally, as he's made it one each, he went straight back up the park. And then I believe Callum Booth pulled down someone. Um, Gamboa it was. He pulled him down and straight away they got a penalty. And it was literally like that 90 seconds. You're like, are you fucking kidding me on? Is this how this goes? Where we, we had 90 seconds of you know, thinking of on par and then this is it. And then I think this was also during a run where I don't think we'd had a penalty for about a year. Like certainly we we'd had one penalty in about a year and a half um at this point. And it was just a case of you go to Celtic and of course anytime you get sort of vaguely level them, they, they just pull out a penalty from nowhere. And yeah, I think everyone's very cynical. So when he saved it, everyone just they cheered it as if we'd scored the winner. Like it was it was just unbelievable and it was a fantastic save from him and like it just goes to show his quality that he was able to do that. And I think just that that that, that sort of torrent of emotions of you score to make it one each, immediately it gets wiped out by the penalty and you're like, Oh god, you 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 got a roller coaster and then he saves it and you're right back up there. It's just yeah, it's just fantastic. And especially during the invincible season as well to do that. Just a, a great, great save and a great, great game. Yeah, I think what made it extra special, I think Scott Sinclair, that was his first season, I think he won player of the year that year. I think that might have been the first penalty he missed, but he was he's a renowned penalty taker, Scott Sinclair. He always took the penalties for Celtic. He took the penalties for Swansea in the Premier League down south. Like he's a great penalty taker. And for, for Cherney to deny him, it's a big moment. And as you've both said there, it really helped us in our way to, to top six. We'll move on to number one in our countdown now, which which really did help us to the top six. It was the day we secured top six when we beat Motherwell 1-0 at home. And again, despite a goal from Dylan Cherney, arguably just as important, if not more important, with I think the best save I've seen at Furhill. I, I played in goals when I was when I was younger. So I, I do take a keen interest in the goalkeepers, the goalkeeping department. A lot of discussion is what's the best save ever. A lot of people go to the Gordon Banks save against Pelly. The thing with that save is Gordon Banks' momentum is always with him when he makes that save. He's running across his goal and Pele's header goes to the side that Gordon Banks is running to. This Cherney save, the cross comes in from the right. So Cherney is in, an, is, is in an advanced position to come and collect the cross. But once the ball's in the air and he makes a decision not to come, he's backtracking. So he's backtracking almost to his left. And when the header goes down, he's backtracking to his left but he needs to dive down to his right. So all his weight is down on his left and it looks for all the world when the ball leaves the motherboard player's head. It's in and it's behind him when he's rescuing it out. And the thing that you just know it's a great save, the reaction of the motherboard players, they're off celebrating and then they see him get the hand to it and all their hands go up to their heads as if, how has he done that? It's one of those things, it's, it's inexplicably good how he's transferred his weight from one side to the other. 
so quickly. It's the best save I've seen it for Hill. I don't think I'll see a better one from a home or an away goalkeeper. It was an incredible save. And just the importance of it as well to guarantee our top six place just, just makes it even better. So the best save I've seen from the best goalkeeper I've seen it for Hill. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, I, I remember it hazily because alcohol might have been partaken, but it was just one of those, how has he got to that? I'd been preconditioned like, to us, just being nearly but not quite, quite a lot of the time, like thinking, oh, wet will never really be good. And then we had this season where we were really good and then... He, he pulls that off and I'm just like properly like, I had my head in my hands as well, I was like how how has he done that? I can't believe it, it's unbelievable it's phenomenal like Jesus Christ The thing I, lo- I loved about it as well I remember Archie mentioning it at the time and I think Cherny came out in the papers and talking about it afterwards this was a season as well where he'd had the howler against it was a shot straight at him. We were winning 1-0 quite late on. And I think it was two minutes ago and it was a shot straight at him. And he just sort of, he tried to go down and collect it. And he just sort of hit off his palms and went Aye. in. But you saw, that was probably, that was obviously Thistle at their sort of recent peak. And Alan Archibald at his recent peak as well. Because you saw him walk off the pitch with his arm round Cherney. And it was great man management to then get the performances out of him in the next couple of weeks. Because I think the, that Motherwell game could have only been two or three weeks after that Kelly game. Yeah, so that, that's what you mentioned, that like, you'd had this howler at Rugby Park and obviously he'd kind of, he'd taken it to heart quite badly, um, this mistake that he'd cost him in the game. And it was obviously, it was Kilmarnock that they were going for the top six place with us because I believe they were playing Celtic that day and it was a case of, he was really happy that his save, because he'd done one against, I think, Ross County as well, he'd had a great performance and then obviously the penalty save against Celtic and then this with Murrow. He'd felt like after that howler that he'd cost them the top six. If you know what I mean, like if it, he felt that if they didn't get the top six, it would be his uh, howler that cost it. And I think like with this save, this is the kind of the the triumvirate over these three games of him finally accepting that yeah, I made the mistake, but you know what, I've done this, 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 which means that we've earned this, and we we did earn it. We we got the three points that we needed, even though Kelly didn't beat Celtic. Surprise, surprise. But it wasn't a case of oh, we got top six because Kelly didn't win. We got top six because we won and Kelly didn't win either. And I think that you can see that his confidence had been a wee bit burst by that Kelly Howler. So for him to pull at this ungodly save, um, it's just testament to how good he was and just, you know, the sort of the resolve. And again, the man of management that Archie's given him where he's putting his arm around him after the Kelly game and he's getting him right back into it. And no, a couple of weeks afterwards, he's pulling out stuff like this that, I don't think you would have got with other keepers. And after sort of confidence, Denton made her like that one at Kelly. But yeah, just an unbelievable save. And the fact that it meant something as well is fantastic. We hope you've enjoyed listening back to some of our fondest memories of Thomas Cherney. Episode 12 of our 12 Days of Archie series will be released very soon, which goes into even more depth about that week where we secured our top six finish. To finish this episode, we are going to replay our interview which Jamie McDonald conducted with the man himself, Thomas Cherney, last year. We hope you enjoy it.
Hello, and today I'm joined by a very memorable ex-player. He spent three seasons with the Jags, making 105 appearances, and was a big part of our memorable top six squad, Thomas Cherney. Hello, Thomas. How you doing? Hi. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, I'm fine. Fine. Thank you. So basically, we're just going to chat a little bit about your career and your time at Thistle. Um, so I was just going to start by asking, uh, when growing up, did you always want to be a goalkeeper? Uh, well, I think my dad brought me to the first training when I was four or five. And yeah, I always kind of gravitated to uh, to that position. So I started the goals very early. Um, as time progressed, I kind of uh, played up front a little bit as well. But there was always uh, that kind of gravitation to being a goalkeeper. And it was a position I kind of enjoyed most. Hey, fair enough, because uh, obviously a lot of people probably want to play outfield a lot, but um, being in goals is more of an unusual thing to kind of grow up to be. Uh, I was wondering, uh, when you were growing up, who was your footballing idol? Yeah, I think that's something that uh, kind of changed over time. So when I was, you know, very young, I think uh, Vitor Baia was, you know, Barcelona. And, and, and so he would have been probably one of my first... Uh, and idols, um, and Peter Schmeichel, and and as time progressed, was Gianluigi Buffon, and, and later on Petr Cech. Um, so, but yeah, so I had a, quite a few over the years, um, and I think that was a part of the things me. I remember my first kind of memories of watching um, a football uh, with my dad was uh, probably in 1990 World Cup. Um, and just watching goalkeepers there, and then there was Peter Schmeichel playing for Denmark when they won the European Championships. Um, so I think I think the goalkeepers, you know, kind of inspired me uh, to uh, to become a, a goalkeeper myself. And yeah, it's something I you know really enjoyed from uh, from the early age, just to keep the ball out of the net. Uh, when you first arrived in Scottish football, uh, you were on loan at Hamilton Academical before later making the move permanent. How did the move to Scottish football come about? Well, I was uh, playing football back home for the team called Sigma Olmots. Um, you know, I had a really good start there. I joined the first team when I was only 17. I was involved in European trips then and played Dortmund and Hamburg. I remember a trip to Spain in Zaragoza. Um, so my kind of career there started really, really well, and just even being on the bench at the age of 17 uh, for, you know, at the time, uh, it was one of the top clubs in the country, usually at kind of top three, top four finish. Um, it was brilliant, but the, um, there was an experienced uh, goalkeeper in his kind of mid-30s, was involved in the Czech national team as well, so it was very difficult to um, uh, to get chance in the first team. And, um, I think I only ended up playing one full game uh, um, at the top, top division there. Um, and I got to kind of age where I was 21, 22. I was in the uh, Czech Republic under 21 national squad. Uh, but I'm still finding it really difficult to, to make the breakthrough um, in the first team. Um, and I felt it kind of coincided. I just finished my first de- degree that summer. And... Um, I grew ever more frustrated with, you know, not, not getting a chance in the first team. And I thought I have to do something and change something. And that's how 
I you know ended up in in Scotland and through a series of kind of coincidences and um, and just different people, I ended up uh, playing a, a game as a childist uh, New Douglas Park and and um, after Billy saw me for a few days, he he decided to sign me, and that's how I uh, yeah ended up in, in Scotland and Hamilton. Obviously, you ended up playing for a few clubs in Scotland. Uh, you signed for Thistle in 2015 after a one-year spell at Hibs. Uh, how did the move to Thistle come about, and what sold you on the club? Uh, well, that was kind of towards the end of the season. I was with Hibs. Um, Hibs offered me uh, another contract, um, um, and I was kind of, you know, kind of at the time I was just constantly, you know, signing, and then Alan Archibald called me. Um, it was quite unexpected. Um, yeah, and he just said that I would be interested in joining the club. Uh, you know, they were in the Premiership at the time, while Hips were in the Championship. And uh, I felt I had a you know better chance playing every week if I moved to Thistle at the time. And uh, I, you know, I was. At that, at that point, I was 30 years old, and my priority was to play every week and to play uh, at the highest level. So, and Thistle offered me that, and and, and that what uh, really attracted me. And just having a couple of conversation with the with Gaffer, with Alan, um, uh, you know, just it was uh, just f- felt like a right thing to do at the time, and and I'm I'm so glad I I, I did it. In all your three seasons at the club, you played under Alan Archibald. Uh, what sort of a manager was he like to play under? Nothing. He was great. You know, he was very, very hard working. He was very honest with the players. Um, and you know, I think especially the first two seasons uh, when I was there, um, you know, uh, the team was playing well. Um, obviously, Gaffer got all the plaudits for it, and, and rightly so. And and obviously had a couple of offers to to to, to move at that time as well and decided to stay and unfortunately our third season the I think the, the balance in the team changed a bit and and, and the, the results were not coming and, and that's when you start kind of questioning everything you, you question the players you question the managers the methods that worked you know in the previous years uh, suddenly now not working uh, but if, you know from my experience working with them uh, I think he's a very good coach and, and very good manager. Um, as just I think uh, as a group of players, I think uh, we, uh, we probably let him down that season and should have done better. Um, uh, on one of the things you were well known for in your time at Farhill was your ability to save penalties. Uh, how are you so good at keeping your cool when facing a player from the spot? Uh, well, especially for. Uh, during the time at Tessa, I have to give uh, a lot of credit to Kenny Arthur, the, the goalkeeping coach, who, who did a lot of research prior to every game. And um, we would watch, you know, video of the all kind of potential penalty takers of the opposing team, and just kind of discuss it together during the week and, and before the game. So I always kind of had an idea what uh, what might happen, and then it, um, yeah, I think it just gives you a a better chance um, and then you need a little bit of luck that you know the, the just go in the right way and and, and 
make it that say, but yeah, I definitely give a lot of credit to, to Kenny for that. Uh, obviously, during your time at Thistle, you made a lot of uh, stunning saves that are well remembered. Like you made a, quite a few in your debut against Hamilton. You made uh, the game we got top six against Motherwell. You made some great saves, and uh, I remember this game at Tynecastle. You made a lot of good saves. Just, uh, do you have a favourite save from your time at Thistle that you remember the best? Or yeah, I think definitely the, the kind of whole week that uh, secured uh, the top six finish when we played, um, you know, Scunthorpe at home and. and and Dulles scored two goals, that was his 100th and 100th first goal, and we turned the game around, and that really put us into the kind of pole position for the top six finish, and then maybe he went to play Celtic on Wednesday night in the thing, and then they just became um, become um, uh, champions, and, and you know, there's the whole, the park head was bouncing, and there was, you know, all this kind of party atmosphere, and uh, I think they were expecting uh, an, an easy win, and and we managed uh, to to get that one one each draw and, and I received a penalty from Sinclair, so that'll be probably one of the you know kind of in terms of importance and in terms of you know the, the magnitude uh, that'll be one of the best saves and of course and the the Saturday against Motherwell when when we finally secured the the top six finish um, yeah I think that uh, the save from the header. Um, um, Talking of the top six season, I mean, you were a huge part of that squad. Uh, it was a massive achievement for the club. I mean, what were your memories of such a successful season? Yeah, there's brilliant memories in that, and and you know, probably the best, uh, you know, again one of the best moments I experienced in football. Um, I think you know the, the the table was very tight until the end, and there was a few points being you know from the from the kind of relegation battle and and few points to, to, to manage the top six and I think we we had a very good season overall. I felt we were, you know, solid at by there was a lot of clean sheets in that season. Um so very enjoyable in that that respect and then um you know I kinda of final final push to um to finish uh, finish six um and very memorable, you know, and and, uh, and the feeling when when the final uh, whistle blew against Motherwell, and and you could see all the all the people celebrating and and uh, seeing what it kind of meant to them. Um, it was great, yeah. So great memories of that season. Well, I mean, it's been great talking to you, Thomas. Thank you very much for coming on and sparing your time. No problem at all. Thank you. Thank you for for inviting me. Thanks for listening, stay safe and wear a mask.